Hi, this is Ryan Bailey from the podcast So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, and you are listening to the Wayne Holtz Podcast. started this podcast one is because of the joy i get out of listening to them myself and another is the opportunities that i get to chat with people that have brought hilarity and motivation to my life and when i tell you that this guest checks all of the boxes girl this actor turned podcaster has taken his love of pop culture and reality tv and channeled it into a show that i would say has reached a cult-like status from celebrity interviews to show recaps that sound like monologues straight off of Matt TV. Every episode leaves you gagging and begging for more. So honored to welcome the host of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the bad boy of podcasting himself, Ryan Bailey. Hello. Oh my God. What a, I, I, you, man, this is, I've never had an intro like that. That's, that's amazing. I was like, oh my God, who's he talking about? And then I found out it was me. That's, uh thank you so much that wow that's so and i I agree with you completely like it is uh podcasts really are amazing because you really just get to talk to uh people that you actually want to talk to and there's like an excuse for it you know i love having a reason to be social and it's definitely that yeah i mean this is not like me in my real life at all like i need a podcast to be able to actually communicate with people Okay, everyone, go out there and get a platform so you can break out of your shell. <laughs> everybody will. By the 20, 2050, everybody will have a podcast, period. I've always predicted that in the future, everyone will, every single person in the world will have their own channel and will either be watching or listening. But as we're listening to you talk right now, Ryan, tell us from where in the world are you calling and like what's your environment right now? Uh, I'm in Los Angeles, California, or I guess... West Hollywood. I'm at my friend Megan's place. Uh, she has a uh, a better place than I do, so uh, she's working, and I'm I'm laying here and being lazy because I had a, a late night last night where I was went out with a friend, and then I had to record the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills uh, recap, and I like the computer ate like an hour of audio, so I was having to like four in the morning trying to get and it's crazy that you know this much work goes into like making fun of these ladies you know (laughs) it's so funny whenever you do have some sort of like mishap or something where you you lose audio and you have to repeat or you're up really late i feel like it brings even more to your show because you become even loopier you know oh my god back in the day when i first started like it was like beginning of quarantine or like before like i would do these long six hour podcasts during like super quarantine covid podcasts and it would be to like four in the four or five in the morning when i would try to like get this uh you know start processing the audio file and it would crash my computer all the time and i had a real job back then and i would have to get up from my real job at 7 30 so i was like dragging and this was all for free this was all like there was nothing, nobody had asked for this, nobody asked me to do this, and, but for some reason I was like, oh my god, this is the most important thing that I'm ever doing, you know? 
I love that. And it's it, you were just so passionate about everything, which is one of the things I love about your show is you could just feel the passion. You can sense the joy that you get out of it. And, you know, you spoke speak of when you used to have like a, a regular job or a day job or whatever. And now you're in, now you're in this sphere where the podcast, you know, is your career and you kind of like filter this hobby into um, being something that can be um actually financially you know beneficial to you like how is it it's, it, it's bizarre it's insane i mean i mean this is like a dream come true I, i've been acting and doing creative things since i was like a kid and the fact that like this is what it is like this is like you know <laughs> this is what i have say like i mean like i couldn't have predicted that but i will say uh the weirdest thing is that like i've always loved reality shows always i've always loved pop culture i was the kid that like would get the us weekly on fridays and this is before the internet and i would freak out about like i mean i just loved all of it and the fact and, and i never knew why because it was kind of unusual um uh, for me to like all of this stuff or at least like my parents and friends thought it was unusual and now it's like wow i actually can make money off of these things that I used to get made fun of by my friend group for liking. And it's really, I mean, that part is just so, uh, that's mind blowing as well. Like I don't, I mean, it cracks me up that I can actually make money out of this. And I'm just like, wow, this is so it really is that kind of phrase of like, do what you love and, and you won't have to work a day. I mean, this is a lot of hard work, but at the end of the day, it is still more rewarding than anything I've ever done in my life. Well, you never know what's going to hit. And so I always say branch out and, and do whatever. Um, I love that. And so how does it go? You speak, speak of your love for reality shows. How is it going from being a fan from for all these years to being someone who's become friends with a lot of these people? And now it's kind of like a reality show insider. Well, I mean, it's 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 really bizarre because I. You know, I, I looked from the outside for a long time and I, you know, and I, I knew I was like, I knew Danny Pellegrino and I knew the Watch What Crappens guys a little bit, like in terms of like, we had hung out a couple of times, but the fact that like, I never thought, like the fact that anyone would look to me now for my opinion, that's another thing that blows my mind. And I, by the way, I do think I have good opinions, but it is weird when you're like, I, I mean, I, I would mess around on Twitter and say stupid things for like a decade and nobody gave a crap, you know, like nobody, like, it's like, it's never, I've not changed all of a sudden. It's just that now all of a sudden people like just know me a little bit better, but it's bizarre. It is bizarre that people look to me for my opinion. And at the same time, it's like one of the, like, I'm not, it's like, it's so cool. Like it is so, I'm so appreciative of anybody that takes the time to listen to anything that I say. I just, I think I'm still in just a moment of like, it, it shocks me and it kind of like, like it, I keep feeling like I'm getting punked, you know? I love that. Well, I will say, um, you not since Danny Pellegrino have I seen someone master the the solo show quite like you do, Ryan. And so like, you really are in that realm of just like, getting into it, getting into like the minutia of things and really just like recapping things in a way with the view. Cause as we know, um, Ryan Bailey's opinion is always the right opinion. Thank you. You're, you're correct. Yes. And so it's always good to hear like the, the, the true facts about everything that's going on, um, on these shows that we're watching. Uh, definitely everyone check out if you're a re reality show fan, or even if you just love, um, uh, 
just comedy and humor and you know i think it's so great that i feel like your acting skills and all of your improv skills and everything is coming into play so much in through the podcast and it's almost like you you were built for it even though it's a, a kind of a fluke that you happened upon this as a, a career path like it, it encompasses so many of your talents into it yeah no i mean thank you so much first off but you you know like it is one of those things that like you get into these things and I'll like take really extensive notes on these shows. But then when you get to read it out, it's like, you're like, you're doing like a cold reading of a play. You're like, you're really reenacting, you're reenacting these scenes in a way. And you're, you're doing it very like, you know, to the 10th degree, like you're just making it so bizarre and crazy. But at the same time, there's still this kind of humanity to all of these shows. And it is funny. I think that directly comes from, breaking down scripts and plays and audition material and you really get to see the character mode like you know what are the motivations behind these characters that's why the erica jane beverly hill stuff is so fascinating this season because we're all left guessing like you know we're all left like what is going on in her head you know like we can kind of know what sutton's thinking about we kind of know where uh you know rin is just insane uh but like it's those things that like really keep me up at night like I, I will really think about it like if i go hiking if i go hiking i will think i will be thinking about real housewives and beverly hills or something or i'll be excited about the reunion or i'll be like oh no i have to take notes on salt lake like it really does get all consuming and that is the one thing that's different where it's like i used to be able to watch these shows just for fun you know like where you just have a good time and you like you know you're you can be stupid and mess around on your phone and now I have to pay attention like a laser, you know? Right. You're writing these thousand word like theses and then, you know, oh my God. acting it, them it, out. It, it, <laughs> yeah. You, and I keep pausing and rewinding, pausing and rewinding. And I'm like, oh my God, did I hear, you know, like you're discovering things that don't match up with the closed captioning, you know? And it's, you know, because you're, you're thinking, you're trying to find another layer to all of this stuff. And that's why I always say, I think we, or, you know, all of us collectively as a fan base, we look into this stuff more than I think production does. So we're adding <laughs> layers and meaning to this that doesn't even deserve, like, you know, it doesn't deserve to be there sometimes. Sometimes these ladies are just vapid and rich, and it's not as deep as we make it, you know? One thousand percent. And I know, um, you know, I definitely have some Bravo fans that are listeners and some that aren't Bravo fans, though I'm always trying to convert. And um, there is like the regular fan that, you know, doesn't isn't really um, aware or think about things happening behind the scenes or, you know, doesn't pay too much attention to um, inconsistencies. And then there's people like us that it's like, uh, you know, we're solving crimes from day to day, hour to hour. And Bravo gives us so many different <laughs> so many different cases to to get into. Um and so you cover all that stuff on your podcast. You've got a lot of things going on over at So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, available everywhere. Um, but I definitely want to get to know, like, Ryan Bailey, the the person more, um, what happened before, you know, the podcasting. You, you know, it's so funny whenever I'm listening to your episodes, uh, whether you're, you're talking to yourself or you have a guest on, uh, you know, celebrities will randomly come up or or this person or that person. And you make a lot of references back to um, your acting studio teaching days. And either this, you know, celebrity popped in for, you taught her, uh, you know, how to laugh a certain way, or you sold this guy um, a crying stick. So he, you know, was able to fake his tears and stuff. What was it? What, what was the acting studio and what was your life like back then? Well, it's called Leslie Conning Company. It still exists. Um, it's one of the uh, top acting schools in Los Angeles, but I was there for 13 years and it was, 
I mean, I, it was there. It was great in a lot of ways because I could audition. Like, and and the LA actor life is not glamorous at all. It's like you get an audition the same day for a commercial. You have to go get the clothes. You have to go in your car. You have to drive an hour to Santa Monica. This is before COVID. You you go to the audition. You're hoping to get called. You're waiting, knowing that you got to get back to work. You do the audition for like two minutes, then you get back in the car. You drive an hour back to work, and it was like one of the jobs where you could make up your time. Like, so I worked full time, but if I needed somebody to cover me, there was always another actor to cover me or I worked in the office and I was scheduling appointments or, you know, I, I did their podcast as well. But, um, so you would end up at that studio, you know, I would spend like 14 hour days if I had a couple auditions that day. So the life was just so frantic. It's just, you're trying, it's, it, it is a, the life of an actor is a grind. And, the older you get, the more you realize everything that was said about acting was true is that it's a lottery. You know, it's like you can be the best actor in the world. You can be the best performer in the world. You can even be the best looking person in the world. And that will not guarantee shit. I mean, you know, like that will not guarantee anything. So everybody in L.A. is chasing a dream. And sometimes when you deal in dreams, it can be really intense. You know, like if you're teaching actors that aren't good, if you're coaching actors that aren't good, you know, there's a sadness to that at the end of the day because you realize they potentially are wasting their time and you're trying to help. But then you also realize you're potentially wasting your own time as well, because all of this doesn't you know, you like I said, you could put all the work in the world. You could be so good and it still will not go your way. I, I got so close on so many things and totally didn't get it. I got so I mean, like and then there's been times that I've gotten things and it, like, it just it, it, it's a grind. And as you get older you know, like everybody knows time really does go super, super fast. And it's like all the things that your parents told you when you were a kid actually turn out to be true. And that sucks. So you get to, you know, an older age and you're just like, oh, my God, is this really my life? It's just I'm going to be grinding it out every day. And on top of that, then I started finding the podcast towards the end of my, you know, and I really, really I was so passionate about that. I love that. And it actually gave me a voice because as an actor, you have no voice you're reading somebody else's lines. You know, the actor's medium is usually a producer's medium, a director's medium, or a writer's medium. And actors don't have a lot of uh, choice. They don't get to choose. But with a podcast, like, Wayne, you get, to, you get to ask what you want to ask. Nobody is telling you what to do. And it's kind of this weird freedom that all of a sudden you're like, I didn't think I had anything to say. And it turns out I, I had a lot to say. But, I mean, <laughs> it's just, it, it's a really, it's a really... Um, you know, for 13 years, it was so good in so many ways, and it taught me so many things. But I think there was a frustration and a sadness that went along with that because you would also see your other friends start to have families or, you know, you, you would see people, uh, you know, my friends would get successful, like they would produce TV shows or, or uh, write scripts that actually. And it, it was just you, there's this feeling sometimes of like, when is it my time? Like, or will it ever be my time? Because you also notice how short life can be. And who knows what's in the cards? And my, my friend Richie Keene, who's a director, always says, you'll always get your shot. If you work hard, you will always get your shot. But at what cost? He's like, he was a big time director at the time when I talked to him. And he goes, hey, man, I got to direct a feature film with Ice Cube and uh, the guy from It's Always Sunny. But at what cost? He goes, I'm not married. I don't have a girlfriend. I don't have a family. And it's like sometimes these dreams that you go after, like you're going to get a shot at it if you work hard, but you might have to sacrifice something else in the way, you know? 
1000%. And you know, it's that kind of dedication and really sticking with it over time that even, you know, amongst the failures, that that real dedication is what will make all of the triumphs even better in the end. And we are definitely going to get into what keeps you dedicated and motivated right after this little break. We'll be right back, Weaniacs. You never know who'll show up to the Wayne Holtz podcast. Really happy to be here on your podcast. Thank you. Rock goddess Nina Diaz. You know, first of all, it begins with having the passion, having the passion for the music. TV host, author. And a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. Don't forget that. Of course, Ross. And celebrity big brother contestant, Ross Matthews. When you reached out to me and asked if I'd be on your podcast, it was a no-brainer. I love people who create and contribute, and that is you. It is so nice to talk to you. Cool conversations with people we want to know more about. Hey, guys, this is Chris Booker, and you're listening to the Wayne Holds Podcast. This is J.D. Sampson, and you're listening to the Wayne Holds Podcast. This is Perez Hilton, and you are listening to the Wayne Holds Podcast. Listen to the Wayne Holtz Podcast free now on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and at thewayneholtz.com. Hey, we are back on the Wayne Holtz Podcast with Ryan Bailey from... Wait, what do we call is it? Is it Wayne Holtz Nation? What do we call the Wayne Holtz listeners? <laughs> the Holtzies? The, the, the Wayners? They're the, we... they're the Wayniacs. <laughs> That's great. That's, actually, that really works. Yeah, they they give they give themselves all sorts of nicknames, but that's the one that I I really I really enjoy the Waniacs, and that voice you just heard is Ryan Bailey from So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, and um I know your your nation they're the baddies, and I know I'm a baddie. Yeah, and so he makes it. But but by the way, and, but I think that is like uh to me that sounded like the at the first it sounded like the dumbest name, and now it kind of makes me laugh. But everything I do is kind of like tongue in cheek, anyways. Like I you know. I am the bad boy of podcasting, but I'm the bad boy of podcasting that is only bad because I leave my car tank on empty. You know, like it's like, yeah, I'll I'll pay my credit card bill a day late. Like I'm the bad boy, you know. I love that. And your podcast really is full of those little moments. I feel like you're, it's kind of like, especially when we're listening to um, stories about your life outside of the Bravo world and reality TV show, TV show world of just like your the things that you go through day to day, especially with your parents, Bill and Becky Bailey, who really are the gem that was found through. I, I feel like one of the reasons your show was created one of the purposes was to expose the world to bill and becky bailey uh how are they doing they're great we, I mean, we just did a vacation to clearwater florida the three of us and so i'm i'm I, I mean this is what i'm saying you make choices and then you become uh, a, a single man uh taking vacations with his family uh, with his parents like my sister has like a niece of my niece and nephew so she doesn't have to do this and i'm like wow, it's going to be the three of us for the rest of our lives. Like we're, I, I mean, it's like there was this period of time where I was married for like a decade and then uh, I didn't have, now I think they pity me and then they make me go on vacations with them. And I was like, I don't, I don't need this. I'm good. But we, we got back from there. It was, it was good, but it's always like, it all, you always revert back to being a kid, you know, except my dad was, it was his birthday and he was making me do tequila shots and he hadn't done tequila shots in years and we did one for his birthday, and then all of a sudden he was like, "Let's do another one right away." And I'm like, "Holy crap, Dad!" Like my, I was like, "My dad was going, like my dad was going harder than I am." And like I've gotten to a point where it's like, I don't want to go this hard anymore. And I think my parents, like, they're retired, and I think they want to party hard, you know. Bill likes to rage. He does. He does like to rage. In fact, 
he I, I've, I've talked about this on the podcast he's like an undercover weed smoker and he used to have me uh buy you know los angeles you know weed legal he would have me buy him weed and then take it to him but we couldn't tell my mom like it was like hidden from my mom and it was always like the scariest thing for me that i was going to get busted because my dad such like he's a dork and he doesn't like hide it well so in the garage you, it would smell like a skunk and my mom would always be like I think there's a skunk in the garage, and I'd be like, damn it, Dad, like, hide your crap better, you know? Light a candle, Bill. Oh, he doesn't get, I mean, and then I got him a joint a couple months ago, or like six months ago, and I was seeing him again, and I said, Dad, do you want me to get you anything? Because I was waiting for that text, and he said, no, no, I'm good. And I was really, I was like, oh, no, is something wrong? And then he told me when I saw him, he goes, hey, you know that the joint you gave me last time, um... That uh, that really messed me up. That really messed me up. And I'm like, what? And I, and I, I said, Dad, I, I told you it was like a super strong. Like, I asked for the strongest joint. And he goes, Well, that's uh, that really scared me. It really scared. And I'm like, Dad, did you smoke the whole thing? And he was like, Duh. And I'm like, Dad, no, you just taken a hit or something. So he, like, he, I mean, I, he was telling me about it like it was a war story. He was like, uh, That's just not good. I, I, I just, I don't want to. I don't think I, don't, I don't think I want to smoke for a while. You know. Sometimes they, I mean, with the older generation, all love to them, but they are not ready for the like the crypto weed that's going around these days. You know what I mean? <laughs> they, they make this, they make this in labs now, and he's used to like the dirt weed he got, the dirt weed he got from Vietnam. You know, like he's used to that. So they would smoke a whole joint and it would be nothing. And these, like, I mean, but I warn him, and he just never listens. You know. I love that. Well, we need to get him on the podcast high one day. Um, it, you know, I know you like to do your you know um, impromptu interviews with them. So one day when he when he's really feeling it, let's hear. Let's hear. I that. know. Well, I've never. You know, I gotta say, I've never smoked weed with my dad either because I'm not a huge weed smoker. So I've never done that. I always, for some reason, there was always that father son thing where I thought that was like a step too far. Like whatever. I, I don't know. For some reason, I always. But then I kind of thought it would be interesting to smoke with him. And then I thought it would be interesting to put that on a podcast, you know, like I would maybe a Patreon love to see what that's like. Well, that, you know, that actually is a great idea because I can't put it on the main feed because I don't want my mom to. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm still like I'm an older dude and I'm still having to deal with my mom and dad and like hiding crap from my mom. It's ridiculous. No, but they are. I I would like it no other way. I'm so glad that you three are so close, and they really contribute to the show in in immeasurable, immeasurable ways. Um, and you know, the one thing I do also, I just get a kick out of Ryan. You know, the random things that you do, like say, you know, because Ryan is on Cameo, everyone. So if you're already a fan, or you go from this episode to listening to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey and you become a fan like me, you can get a cameo from Ryan. And I mean, you will go you will go anywhere that people ask you to. You'll go to the back alleyway of Sir. You'll go... The store. Sutton store. Buca, Buca de Beppo. Buca de Beppo. I mean, like, have you done one outside of, like, Erica Jane's, like, or Tom Girardi's mansion yet? I was thinking about that the other day. I was like... That's a, that's a great idea. It's like, well, we know where Erica Jane lives, and my friend uh, tried to get me to do a cameo in front of there, but th to me, that was, like, too far. That was too far. <laughs> yeah, like, there's, like, I'll make fun of Erica all day long, but there's no way that I would want to interact with her in, like, an actual shared space, you know? She's like, is that that shithead that's always... <laughs> I know. <laughs> She's, like, looking out the window. <laughs> it scares me to death. Like, I, I still think I'm doing this for, like, two people to podcast, and as it, get, it gets bigger, it scares me that one of these 
Like it scares the cr- not like that. I, I it just weirds me out to think that like oh my god, I hope Lisa Rinna never listens to this show. Like I just hope nobody even tells her about it. I hope you know because like, I know a lot of people have told Sutton about it just because. I say, I say. Tells, yeah, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say, I'm. And I'll go, Jane, why are you being this way to me? Um, <laughs> but I, I, I want her on the show so bad. I thought she had such a great character arc this season. But, um, yeah, it does scare me unless – because I, I, I'm hypercritical and I also have, like, a comedic background. So I try to do the stupidest possible joke, like the lowest common denominator joke sometimes. And I imagine it would be hard to hear if you're that person, you know? But your impressions are one of the kickers of the show. They, it's one of the, the top things. Your Rinna impression, like it's like this Carol Channing, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, kind like, of situation. If, if Carol Channing was still alive, if Carol Channing was still alive, she would be like, "Calm down, Lisa. It's too much. <laughs> it's too much." What are you sharing, you <laughs> It is like it. It really is. In, and it, everybody, somebody wrote me. They said, "Oh, at first I thought." your impression was really jarring and not right. But then I watched the show and now I realize it is sort of kind of correct. And that's what I'm just going for is being kind of sort of kind of correct. But it is, she has gotten so much worse with her cackling over the years. And she laughs before the punchline, like she'll laugh at a joke before the joke is even done. And like, she'll like, so people will be talking to her and she'll laugh mid sentence. Like she's already in her head. Like she just laughs at everything. And I, I always want to know like, what the hell is so funny? What is so funny that you need to laugh this much, you know? I love that. And for people that don't know, we are talking about the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and all of those ladies. Um, oh, yeah. Sorry, guys. Oh, no, it's okay. Because, you know, we, I, I, as I said, I'm always trying to convert people to be uh, Bravo fans. But uh, just so our, our audience knows. But, uh, you know, your recaps, I got to say, are even funnier than the show. And it, it's it, even as hilarious as Rena is, uh, I think you as Rena is about 10 times funnier. So if, if you love, you know, celebrity impressions, all that stuff, make sure you're listening to Ryan's podcast. Oh, wait, wait. Are you still planning or did you already have? I don't think you did. Yes, are Luca you... DeBepo. One of my favorite uh, things last season, you guys, if you don't watch, is that Dorit, who's like supposedly this highfalutin fancy lady, got to decorate a room, not a whole location, but a room at Buca DeBepo. And if you know Buca DeBepo, it is like just kind of like a chain restaurant of like greasy Italian food. It's very like you know, old, like Italian chintzy, like, and she did a room all in like Capri with like lemons and blues and yellows. And it's completely stands out like a sore thumb. And it was also like, you could direct, you could get the decorations at a party city. So she was like, I want it, I wanted to like take us to Capri. But anyways, I, I'm going to do a huge party at Buca de Beppo. And the thing was, it was really close to happening two times now. But then, like, COVID restrictions and stuff like that happened. So each time I was about to do it, uh, like, a new wave of COVID restrictions would come in for California. And there was only so many people you could actually put in the restaurant. And because my thing was, eventually, it was like, okay, we almost got the entire restaurant for, like, a midweek uh, party. And that's what I was like, that would be amazing if you could get the entire Buca de Beppo. Because it turns out Buca de Beppo, like, on a Tuesday, probably doesn't make a lot of money, you know? And we will fill that space up. Okay? Yes, that's what I said. I said there were people. There were people wanting to fly in. There were people, and but at the same time, I'm kind of like, what a cool thing that would be, like a actual celebration of one of the silliest moments of Bravo history. But I will say, and for all those people that don't watch Bravo or these shows, is that the community of these shows. There's so many smart and brilliant people. My friend Laura always says, you know, these shows are for geniuses, and I don't 
consider myself a genius, but I do consider a lot of my listeners and a lot of people out there are. So you have the best conversations. These shows are a microcosm of everything that is wrong in society. It's very comedic. It can be actual. You can actually learn from these shows. But I, I think most of all, it just brings together a great group of people. I mean, there's some psychos as well, but for the most <laughs> part, everybody is so everybody's so in. I don't know. Everybody just turns out to be some of the most kind-hearted, funny people that I've met in my life. You know, I love that, and it's so true—the sense of community. And you know, so many of us have the same uh, sense of humor. And uh, you know, I feel like your Buca de Beppo um, room party would be like a mini Bravo con that couldn't happen. That's so. well, yeah. That's well, and I kind of got excited that Bravo. Well, I mean, it's a bummer that Bravo con get canceled, but then we were like, okay, well, maybe we can do this instead. And so we're shooting for November if everything, if the Delta variant continues to stay down, it looks like it hopefully is in California. So I love that. Well, um, I will be keeping an ear out. Um, everyone be keeping an ear out um, on So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. Meet me in L.A. At, at the in the Capri room at Buca de Beppo. Um, you know, and speaking of the lastly, the um, Bravo community I had on um, Sarah Galley from Andy's Girls. Oh, on, I, just, I just had her on this week. Yeah, I love that, which was a great episode. And I had her on one of my um, last episodes and I told her I was like, you know, tell Ryan how much I love him. And she was like, well, have you told him yourself? And so for a while I didn't. And then I left like a drunken voicemail the other day. I was, I just like <laughs> spilt well, my guts to you. And I was <laughs> just telling you every, everything. No, this was such a, this was, uh, I gotta say, this was actually, uh, this was a real delight. I mean, it's, this is great. Like I, 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 I didn't know what to expect. And, and uh, it, it uh, this has just been a really nice conversation. So you'll have to come back on, you'll have to come on my pod sometime. It would be an honor, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, we got to find the the right thing that you want to talk about, and we can uh, we can be stupid. All right, all right, I'm ready to get stupid on so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. Make sure you're checking that out everywhere podcasts are available. Make sure you're following Ryan on his Instagram, the show's Instagram too. The so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey for some hilarious content he does not stop it does not stop okay guys um you are listening to the wayne holds podcast make sure you are leaving five star reviews on itunes and following on spotify share with your friends tell your gay uncle and we will see you next time bye This episode was produced and engineered by Dominic K. Trevino. When it comes to looks and smarts, I'll give you five out of five kisses. Every time I hear you mock, I wish that I can be your missus.